What up, teacher pets? Welcome back to Classroom Brew. This week, I'm joined by Brian from the Lazy Teacher Podcast. You can find his podcast pretty much anywhere that you can find Classroom Brew, but I'm very excited for this episode, episode 32, because Brian and I actually work together to have a really cool conversation between an elementary school teacher, kindergarten specifically, and a high school teacher. So in this conversation, you're going to hear a lot about the differences between our two practices, but I'm really excited about how we kind of came together. This was a lot of fun to record, even though it was done remotely, but I'm very excited to continue collaborating with Brian in the future on projects or episodes, whatever it may be. Another thing, too, is that Brian has started Hashtag Teacher Pods. Please check out Hashtag Teacher Pods where you can find other great podcasts similar to mine or Brian's podcast. So without any further ado, here is episode 32 between Classroom Brew and the Lazy Teacher Podcast. Welcome to the Classroom Brew Podcast. Grab a beer and take your seats. Let's talk education. So what grade do you teach? So I'm right now in a high school. So I've got sophomores, I've Perfect. got juniors, I've got seniors, the whole whole nine yards. How about you? Yeah. I Right now I teach kindergarten, so I'm going to bump up to probably second grade or maybe fourth grade next year. So yeah, this will be killer. We're going from like the, the high side of, of teaching <laughs> and the low side of teaching. Yeah, yeah. Well... It depends on, so like a lot of my kids, they're probably reading at a similar level to your kids, unfortunately, but that's, that's one of the really? struggles. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's been a struggle. There's a handful of kids that I have in my quote unquote honors class and they're reading at like a third or fourth grade level. So if, if you've got a kindergartner, that's a little bit above grade level, or if you just give them a year or two, they're going to be right about where my kids are at. Well, that's interesting. So how do you have kids that are in honors classes uh, that um, it's <laughs> that are reading at a third grade level? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, there's a huge issue with programming. It almost feels like they just throw kids into whatever class works, regardless of what's going on. And, I mean, part of it is uh, there should be that opportunity for all kids. It looks good, and it's also good for kids if they have the chance to earn that honors credit to see what an honors class is like. But obviously, if they never like made it to a standard, they're going to struggle at that level. That also goes for any other class, whether it's honors or regular. It's just a whole issue of, are the feeder schools actually preparing our kids for success at the next level? That's so interesting, though. How do you, I, I'm still confused. How do you have middle schoolers that are coming into high school at a third grade reading level, <laughs> that's, and that's considered honors? Yeah, that's a, a very good, I'm confused by it too every single day, um, especially when we get looked at as if we are the problem at the high school level. Like, why aren't your kids performing up to standard? Why aren't they meeting that benchmark that everyone else in the state has? Why are they struggling on the SAT? They're looking to us, but we're just trying to get them caught up. We're not so much worried about, uh, I mean, we are worried about the SAT, but we're just focusing on let's get them to where they should be. And then we can start to talk about competing with everybody else to try to go to a great school after high school. It's kind of a mess. I think that there's some sort of institutional issue that's going on that they don't seem to want to address. But as a high school teacher, it can be pretty disconcerting and frustrating. And well, absolutely. I'm that I'm glad you're just as confused by it. I mean, is that, (laughs) I really don't, I'm so ignorant to like maybe out of state 
education, but is that maybe typical in your area? Like, you know, we, we service, a, a, you know, minority students as well. I don't know if that's the kind of area that you're in, but I, I just couldn't even imagine in our high schools that a third grade level reading would, would be considered honors. And I'm honestly not sure what the, where the problem actually lies within, but it's, it's definitely something that I have to really think about in my day-to-day practices. I can't just give one like let's say I'm doing a document analysis because I teach social studies. I can't just give them one document and say, all right, ready, go. I have to provide like different levels of that same document so that kids can kind of work on the same type of task, but they're being met right. at their level. It's, it's a, it's a real struggle that I don't, I don't think I'll be able to solve it. Unfortunately, as a, I guess I can call myself a, a half year teacher so far. I'm almost through my first year. So, Oh, no kidding. This is your first year <laughs> yeah. teaching? Yeah, yeah. I, initially, I, I kind of put that an asterisk on that because I was teaching in a, a psych facility before then while I was getting my undergrad. And then wow. once I got my graduate degree, that's when I got my license and all that stuff. And I can kind of work toward that. But Oh, my goodness. So you're only halfway into your first year of teaching. <laughs> you have a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I guess it's a good first year because I get to really, you know, emphasize differentiation. But I think I'm lucky that I'm in a high school setting because I think if I was in a middle or elementary school setting, there would be so many other like principal with an LE types of things I have to teach kids. Whereas when they're at the high school level, they kind of have that foundation. So like you said, you're in a kindergarten, right? Correct. Yes. So like, I don't even know what a day to day would be like in your classroom. Would you have like a full day or a half day class or how does it work? Well, that, yeah, that's, that's a really good question. It depends. So, uh, Specifically for kindergarten, we, we have a half day. So we call them early birds and later gators. Okay. So our early like birds, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So our early birds are, are, uh, eight o'clock to 1230, but the later gators come in at 11 o'clock. So from 11 o'clock to 1230, there's an, an overlap of, of all 30 students. Right. Then when the early birds go home, I just kind of rinse and repeat with the later gators, but ideally the, the later gators are, are kind of higher than the early birds, if that makes sense. Okay. So the, the curriculum can be pushed a little bit further and it can um, be taught at like a, a deeper understanding than the early birds. Typically, the early birds come in and they don't really know their letter sounds, letter recognition, okay. number recognition. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It, does that That's the design they had, but does that actually work in practice? Are you actually getting those kids that should be in the later gator program in the afternoon, or is there some overlap where you're like, oh, this is kind of a struggler. Oh, maybe we should work on switching this so that you're being challenged a little bit more? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So what happens is at the beginning of the year, we do assessments with all the kin- incoming kindergartners to kind of just get an idea of where they should be. So mm. <clears throat> parents bring in their kids, and then we we sit down with them and see just, just the basic stuff, number recognition, letter recognition, letter sounds. Mm-hmm you know, rote counting, just simple stuff like that. Do they know their colors? And then from there, we just do like a basic assessment and then we put them into categories like, okay, this student struggled. They didn't do any type of preschool or transitional kindergarten. Uh, so they, they, they're low in the foundational skills. So we're going to put them in as an early bird. And so, yeah. So to answer your question, does it work? In, in theory, it does work because we get to decide the classes and there's flexibility. You know, we can move students up and down and say, you know, I think this, this child will probably benefit a lot better if they were an early bird because the, uh, the curriculum is going to be coming at them a little bit slower. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we're in the third trimester right now. And the idea is that the early birds should be at a point where they're caught up to the later gators. And for the most part, they kind of are, which is good, you know, but any kids that are going to get retained or stay back in kindergarten are definitely early birds. They're not going to be your later gators. Sure. Sure. And then the hope is that, so let's say they have to repeat that kindergarten year. Did they switch into the later gator thing or do you have some that they repeat the early bird? For a second year. Has that ever happened? Yeah, sometimes it does, unfortunately. They just they just did not get enough. And just, yeah, just repeating kindergarten, they're going to be doing the, the early bird program again. So they'll get assessed mm-hmm. again, just like they would every new coming kindergartner. I guess it's not unfortunate, but it, it almost seems a little unfortunate to me that they, they went through the whole early bird program and then they're going to do the early bird program again. But sometimes I guess that's just what they need. You have to do whatever the students need. But right. ideally, yes, ideally you'd want them to go into the later gator program because they're already familiar with it. Right. Have you ever, so kids don't have to go from early bird to later gator, right? They don't have to. No, most okay. most students stay where they're at. So, so do you have um, any kids that like, let's say you did like a longitudinal like study of a kid that was in later gator versus early bird. Is there like a long-term effect of this kid? It was in later gator. So he's performing well at the high school level. Whereas the kid in early bird, you know, he had a much harder time trying to catch up or is it really just getting that foundational basis down? And then once they get into elementary and middle and high school, they're good to go. Yeah. That's kind of a good question. I don't know that there's a study that goes into it as far as into to high school certainly just into first grade though a lot of the the later gators just retain their information that what they've learned better so they enter into first grade more prepared the early birds are fine as well they just don't typically they start off a little bit slower than the later gators did okay you know what i'm saying sure sure. and actually like you know i guess there's probably no statistics on this but you kind of get the feeling as a kinder teacher that the the later gator parents are the ones that are a little bit more supportive at home and work with them on their letter sounds and their sight words and stuff like that. I think the early birds for the most part don't get a whole lot of help. They just, they're just trying to figure it out and learn it on their own. Right. And I I wanted to ask um, about the, the actual podcast title, but I had like one last question. So like I was in the early, uh, like the morning classes as a kindergartner, but we didn't have like an early bird and later gator program. It was just depending on your parents' schedule. Could you fit in the morning class or the afternoon class? And so I wonder if there's any kids that let's say they, they fit into that later gator program. Let's say there's a parent with some scheduling. Has that ever interfered with the trajectory that you think a student should be on versus a parent that's sitting there and saying, you know what, I cannot put them in the afternoon program because I can't get a sitter for that time. Or does that ever come into account? It happens all the time. A lot of parents aren't happy really with their, their kids placement. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, they're flexible, but typically what, what we'll see is parents that don't want their kid as a later gator because the early time works best because it's, it's easier. It's kind of easier for the later gators to be an early bird rather than the early birds to to start as a later gator because the, a lot of the later class, they're already ready. They already know their letter sounds and, and numbers and all that when they start the kindergarten year. So we just kind of get going. Mm -hmm. And if, if a student's never been exposed to any of that, it's kind of a struggle for them. So, uh, yeah, my highest kindergartner right now is an early bird okay. just because his, his mom couldn't, couldn't get him to school as a later gator. And sure. really the only issue is behavior at that point. They just need to understand that a lot of the early birds are going to be, uh, a lot more immature when they start off the school year. 
just because they're not used to being in a classroom setting. They're not used to being social around 15, 16, 17 kids at one time. Right. So they just need to understand, like, you know, if there's a behavior issue with your child, it's not because of their academics. It's just they're with, they're among other kids that just aren't used to academics where your child is. Does that make sense? Yeah. Does that mean you encounter yeah. if behavior is an issue? Is there any sort of, if you have that 11 o'clock to 1230 overlap between the early birds and later gators, do you have any like social stratification where like, oh, that's an early bird kid or, oh, he's one of the later gator kids. Is there any of that metacognition between the kindergartners where they can kind of identify? It's like for context, my school, it's a high school, it's public neighborhood school, but we're connected to a charter and that charter has like a little bit more resources. The building is a little bit nicer, even though it's connected to our school. There's this, there's this clear division where it's like, oh, they're a kid going to this high school or up, oh, they're going to that charter. So they can kind of rank each other. Does that go on at the kindergarten level? I don't know that they notice. They they certainly know which class each other's in, but I, I'm not sure they really comprehend that it's mm. it's based on academics. And and very truthfully, it's based on academics at the beginning of the year. Right. right a right. lot of the early birds could could mesh right in as a later gator at this point in the school year. I mean, we're third trimester. We only have two months of school left. Most of the early birds and later gators they're they're right around the same. Right. Right. They're they're. Those inches, they seem like a lot to us, but really to get them caught up, it sounds like it's a little bit, since they're so malleable, uh, you have a lot of room to work with there. At that age, yeah, there, it's tremendous growth in kindergarten. And that's really one of the most rewarding things about kindergarten is it mm-hmm. is, is their growth. It's so neat to just just to see how much they've changed from the beginning of the year to uh, to now. Right. So how long how long have you been teaching then? This is my 15th year. Okay. Okay. So you've got some kids yeah, that, that they're, they're well beyond... The years, uh, their years in the kindergarten class, so you can actually see that impact, like at a, at a tangible level. That's got to be awesome, man. It, it is pretty neat. I, I started teaching fourth grade and fifth grade. And I did that, bounced around fourth, fifth grade. I I looped fourth and fifth grade for a couple years. I did that for eleven years, and then these, these past three years, I've taught. Uh, kindergarten. So I went from fifth grade all the way down to, you know, the bottom level of kindergarten. Sure. Yeah. You have to be versatile. Huge change. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a change. You know, I, I kind of needed it. I, you'll, you know, you kind of find as a teacher, you, there's some teachers that can park in one grade level for years. I, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I need to move classrooms. I need to change grade levels. I need to change it up. Like the curriculum just, I don't know if it gets boring, but you just, I get too used to it. You know, once I find myself starting to feel like, oh, I'm just winging it rather than putting my best effort into it, I, that's kind of the time where I'm, I feel like I got to move on. Right. Have you ever found I that guess. you feel like you have to kind of be a little more versatile to like maintain your job status? Like I know some teachers that, my sister, for example, she taught uh, third grade for a long time. They said like midway through the year, hey, you're probably going to teach second grade next year. Is that okay? And she basically had to say, Yes, that way. I mean, granted, you have a certification to teach all elementary. And do you feel that you still have to kind of adjust to maintain not just your sanity so that you feel like you're doing new things all the time? But uh, is it also part of the job market? Because I know that that's been a struggle in the Midwest is teachers that aren't able to get a job. And so they have to kind of bend to what the jobs are asking for. Oh, really? Yeah. I, you know, I hadn't really considered that. Like, as long as I've been a teacher, it, it, it's pretty flexible as long as you're dedicated to the district, because ultimately that's who we work for is the district. Mm-hmm. They, they help you out. You know, I don't I don't there's not a whole lot of you're ex- expected to move around or 
or, you know, change grade levels. You get asked, I suppose, but, Mm -hmm. you know, you can easily say no. There's, there's a big union front, at least here on the West Coast. You guys have like strong unions in Chicago? Oh, yeah. The CTs. It's, it's really strong, but there's, well, actually, my sister, she's actually not in, uh, CPS, but there is still, uh, that presence. But I know sometimes there's only so much they can do. But, but that's encouraging, though, that you have a union that's going to say, you know what, we'll back you up if you say, no, I want to stay where I'm at. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know the exact like union rules behind it, but there's something to the effect of they have to give you some sort of notification ahead of time, like I'm not sure, a couple months ahead of time. Sure. Halfway through the year, they have to let you know. And I think once you've been involuntarily moved, I think there's something like two, three years until they can involuntarily move you again. Okay. That's good. So some protections. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned you mentioned your sister uh, was CPS. I think I know CPS different than what you're saying, CPS. <laughs> CPS to me is Child Protective right, right. Services. That's the number one thing. No, what I mean is Chicago Public Schools. That, that's definitely the big. Uh, and some people say, you know what? They should probably find a different acronym for one of the two because it, it's not a good look when you say, you know, I'll give CPS a call. And then people are like, oh, exactly. Like, <laughs> but yeah, they, they might yeah, want to exactly. work on that one. <laughs> so your podcast is called the Lazy Teacher Podcast. And I've listened to a couple episodes. There's some stuff that I'm not sure if you're going for a comedic spin, but it's pretty entertaining, man, I have to say. I got to ask, though, why the name? What's like the, the format for your show? If you were telling people that you're trying to grab as a new audience, what would you say? Well, I mean, kind of the the, the catch is it's, it's dedicated to teachers and parents of school-aged children, kind of just with topics of education and... Um, you know, positive lifestyle choices type of thing. Like, you know, I don't know, like the, the show's really only been around since early November. Mm-hmm. I'm only like 22 episodes in. I'm kind of just still getting my, my, my feet under me to figure out where I want to go with this. Like, you know, if you look at my episodes, some of the episodes are, you know, five minutes long. I have a couple episodes that are well over an hour long. Yeah. Yeah. That's the toughest part, man. I had a few that my first episode was an hour and 20. I tried to maintain okay. that hour to hour and a half thing because I know some people, they drive for a long commute. But lately, yes. like since 2018 hit, I'm trying to get more in that 30 to 40 minute range. But I've even, I've dabbled in the 20 minute, something like that. But you said you tried five minute episodes? Yeah. The, see, I'm kind of just being flexible and I really, I'm going, um, I'm really going on what like my listener feedback is. Mm. So I have an email and whenever like I get feedback from my listeners, I really try and adjust it. That tended to be one thing that I was hearing a lot of is my solo episodes where I'm just kind of ranting about things or just, ta- just talking, you know, topical education. I was hearing, you know, shorter is better. And I was like, okay. And um, there's a podcast caster that I just really admire. And he, and he had said that to me too. He's like, you know, shorter is better. Cut, cut, cut. Always cut the fat. When you're editing, cut the fat, cut mm-hmm. the fat, cut the fat. Like listeners want to hear it, but what sounds good to you, they just want you to get to the point, get in, get out. Sometimes they, they want to be teased. You know, a five minute episode can feel <laughs> so much better to them than like a 20 minute episode, even if it's full of like killer content, because after five minutes, they're like, wait, what? It's over. I didn't want it to end. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I'm getting that, but that's kind of the goal. I'm, sure. you know, that's what I'm shooting for. You could even shoot for, if you, let's say you had somebody in your studio with you, you shoot for like yeah. 45, 60 minutes, but then you cut it up into two parts 
And then it's a nice yes, little cliffhanger. You, I love doing that. Yes, <laughs> you've done that, and I and yeah, you totally hooked me on that one. I'm I can't remember what her name was, but you did a two parter, and I and I listened to that, and it ended, and it was like mid conversation, yeah. and and it ended. And I was like, wait a minute, you can't do that to me, Ryan. What are you doing, guy? So yeah, I you you got an you got an extra download right after that because I jumped right into because I do have a long commute, so okay, okay. that was perfect. Well, good, good. I'm glad it's working. I don't I don't think I have quite the same amount of like feedback or like listener engagement i'll get the occasional email or like facebook message but that's good though you're listening to what the audience wants and you're adapting yeah what kind of um what kind of outreach do you have for your for your listeners do you just have email for them to contact you yeah i mean we've got uh we've got instagram we have twitter so it's just at classroom brew and then there's a simple gmail they can contact a lot of people reach out through the facebook page which is awful for me because I don't always, I'm really bad at checking Facebook, but I I try to kind of respond with him like a day or so, preferably within like five to six hours. Um, But that's, that's typically where people will reach me is through Facebook. I always announce like, Hey, if you want to reach out, here's our email, here's our our handles on social media. There's hashtags. A lot of people, they're content to just kind of (laughs) listen, maybe write a rating or a review or something like that. And then they're good. Yeah. It's tricky. The the thing about social media is you got to have to, you just have to be out there, you know? So you're doing Facebook, you're doing Instagram, Twitter, like trying to get out there and reach as much as you can. But like you said, that's hard when they, when they respond to you on one social network that maybe you're not checking frequently, then you're like, ah, pickles. <laughs> I missed that one. Yeah, exactly. Cause they like to, they like to hear back from you right away. I, right. I found, you know, you, even if you just give them a thumbs up for their response, like all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, I love this. And you're like getting more feedback. You're like, oh, okay. And I, I see where you're going with this. Yeah, yeah. I did have one though, where there was one listener, his name is Mike. And luckily he was was also in the Midwest, pretty close by. And he actually had a podcast as well. And he said, hey, would it be cool if we did an episode together? And so he came over to my house. We recorded an episode. Uh, So that was probably the most outreach I got. And the cool thing is that he decided, you know what? I'm going to pick up my podcast where I left off because he hadn't done an episode in a while. And I think he got back into a regular schedule. That was a great feeling to know that he wanted to be on and actually do an episode with me. And then he took it further and started using his show again as a platform to, you know, talk about what he wanted to get out there. It's a great feeling. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's really excellent. It's kind of hard, you know, because you, I, I find in the beginning, you find yourself looking at the stats and thinking, you know, how many total downloads do I have? And, (laughs) you know, have I, you know, has it gone up? Has it gone down? What day is the best day to put it out? You know, what content? And you can get so wrapped up in the numbers and, I just really don't know that ultimately it matters, you know, because in the end it's just numbers and I I don't even find myself really looking as much as I used to look. Now I like, if I get um, a message from a listener or I get a voicemail from a listener, I mean so much more to me than the numbers. Like I get way more jacked up on those comments, you know? Yeah, exactly. Of course, I will still catch myself on launch day, just kind of checking out, seeing, all right, how's this episode doing? But after a while, you kind of let that fade into the background because if you check that every single day, or I know some people, they check it every hour, it seems like, you're going to drive yourself crazy because- there's, You're going to drive yourself crazy. There's so many algorithms out there that kind of 
put indie podcasts down. You just you can't get too caught up in it. But you're right, though. Launch day. <laughs> I'm I'm shot on launch day. Launch day is Friday for me. Okay. I'm like all I'm like all day. I'm like uh, on every social media I can think of. I'm posting. I'm commenting. I'm hashtagging. I'm like trying to get back to everybody. Like yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm checking my stats like every five minutes. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same. But way. that's just launch day. Yeah, so. yeah. That's just launch day. I, I actually I've, I've I've narrowed it down to one day out of seven. So there you go. that's not too bad. Yeah, I've actually I switched launch days. I started off on Saturdays. Then I started to get ahead. I had a few episodes in the bank and I said, you know what, let's move to Friday. That way it's end of the week. It's a little before then. No one really listens on the weekend. And then I figured, you know what? I've got like four or five. Let's see if we can move this to Thursday so that I can really cash in on that end of the week feeling. But uh, yes. yeah, I mean, nickels and dimes really. Like, is it that big a difference? But the move was stressful. So that's why, especially the last couple of weeks, I'm really checking launch day to see, all right, how are we doing? Was it worth it? Yeah. Have you seen a, Have you seen any difference? I've noticed if I switch to Thursday, I see more midweek spikes. Whereas if I posted it at the end of the week, for whatever reason, it just kind of plateaued. If I have that couple days before the weekend, there's more spikes throughout the week. Yeah. It's, it's a weird game. Now, do you feel that your podcast has helped your teaching at all? There's a lot of schools and districts that require in your, your monthly lesson plans where you have your day by day. They have a lot of sections where you have to reflect, which is good. I've kind of found myself reflecting more so uh, when I'm having a beer or two with my buddies on the podcast. But in terms of improving what I am doing currently, it definitely makes you more more cognizant. But but that's just me. Have you found the same thing for you? Or yeah, a little bit, a little bit. It, it, you know, the show kind of came around just because I mm -hmm. wanted to just start like ranting and talking about education. And um, yeah, I like it. I mean, it's it's a, it's good self reflection. I think you know, as I look at the name of your show right now, Classroom Brew. I guess it is similar to mine in that it's. I don't want to say it's like anti teaching, but it, it kind of goes contradictory a little bit like you know the organized teacher might might <laughs> sure, have been a better sure. name for my show but that's not me you know what i mean i, I don't even i don't even know that i'm lazy like I, I went through this conversation so many time in my early episodes it's like you know my my principal asked me about it and the superintendent of our school district listens to my show and he asked me about it he's like you know you're kind of like almost putting yourself down but I don't know that that's true because anyone that knows me, like I, I'm like the least lazy person of anyone I know. I'm like, I'm always going, always, always going. But I just think like when you compare yourself to any teacher and you see like what other teachers are doing, I can't help but feel lazy. I'm like, geez, Ryan's doing that in his class. I'm not doing that in my class. Like, man, he's just it's nailing you, it. Like you have colleagues that really that's know kind of where about it. Came it. From. I'm kind of hesitant. So like my show, it, we don't do anything negative on it. It's just literally I get some teachers or some people related to education. We just sit down and we have a beer and we chat with mics in front of us. But there's still, I mean, it's an explicit podcast on like iTunes and Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all that stuff. But I, I've kind of found myself hesitant to open that door to like, hey, principal so-and-so, would you like to listen in or maybe be on an episode? I think there's only two colleagues I know of mine that I've told about it, and one of them was on. I don't know. I feel like because of the nature of the show, I'm a little bit nervous. I think eventually that will kind of go away, and I can kind of erase that anonymity a little bit. But it does make me a little bit nervous at times. Yeah, tell me about that, because I, I have noticed that that um, I think you guys only use first names on the right. show. Am I, am I yeah, right about it's that? Kind of, and more so it was to protect like anonymity of students 
because occasionally we'll get to a story like, yeah, this student got into a fight and I had to have a moment with him and say, hey, you got to be doing X, Y, and Z to make sure this doesn't happen to you. And so it's really just to like, if we said, hey, we're going to John Smith Academy or something like that, I feel like it would be a little bit controversial if let's say a student is looking up at their school and they see, oh, they're talking about these types of things. Because it's not in a negative way, but you still want to maintain that anonymity because you really don't know who's going to yeah, listen to I, it. I, no, you're right. I did an, Early on, I did an episode uh, called Field Trips, mm-hmm. and we had just gotten back from a field trip, and I went in my classroom, and I had some time, and I just like busted one out in the classroom. And immediately, I had uh, two parents come up to me afterwards, and you know, you know, you mentioned the, that there's helicopter parents, oh, this, wow. that, and you know, were you talking about me specifically? And I was like... No, not oh, at man. all. Like, you know, in the in the back of my head, I'm thinking, well, I mean, I get, I wasn't talking about you specifically, but I guess you kind of are <laughs> one a little bit. It's like, this is a great segue. Let me just chat with you a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Now that you bring it up. <laughs> no, and I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking that way. I was just thinking if, if someone recognizes like, oh man, that's, that's definitely about me. You're kind of taking, you've, you're having parents that are, they're taking a generalization. Like you, you probably even said, I, I catch myself saying this all the time. I'm not thinking about anyone in particular. I'm just thinking in general when people do blank. Yes. But that's interesting. You have that much helicopter listeners <laughs> that they're they're concerned. Like, is he talking about me? Like, is he gossiping? Well, yeah. See, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I really, I'm just pushing my show. I, I love my show. I don't think I'm doing anything wrong. I'm certainly not saying anything negative. Mm-hmm. So I have, I have, um, like a professional Instagram account that I post my episodes on occasionally. I don't put everything on there, but occasionally I'll put an episode on there. So I do get my own parents that follow and I'm the admin for our, our school's Facebook account. And every once in a while I'll put my stuff on there just because, yeah, yeah, like I I mean, I'm talking education and a lot of times I might be interviewing someone that works at my school or works in my district or, you know, I, I, I talked with uh, the lady that runs our, our uh, English language learners program for the district. Like, mm-hmm. of course I'm going to post that for the school. Like that applies to parents. It applies to like everything. So, you know, parent, I, 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 I don't know. I'm not hiding the show. Right. And I do get parents that come up to me and ask me questions about it. And I, you know, just try and be honest. Like, you know, right. I'm being vague, but if it sounds like it applies to you, it, it might apply to you, <laughs> but I wasn't talking specifically about if you. You have to ask the question, <laughs> then you probably know the answer. That's what you can that's, say. That's kind of, that's kind of it, Ryan. Like, yeah, if you're thinking it's you, it might be you. I, <laughs> well, have you ever thought about having parents on? I actually have. Okay. I, I have thought about it a lot. I have, I have a parent that this is her third child that I've had in my class and she's just dynamite. She's a rad parent and all her kids have been really cool and she'd be a good parent to come on. And then uh, right around like that, that uh, school shooting that happened in Florida, I had a parent of our school reach out to me and she works in mental health and offered to be a guest on my show to talk about her side of, or her perspective of it. So yeah, I have. Awesome. What about you? Have you ever thought about having a parent? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it, it would be interesting, no doubt. Uh, I think for now, based on our format, we're going to stick to people, colleagues that I've had or buddies of mine, things like that. I would honestly, it would make it way easier for promoting if I could kind of blur the lines of anonymity, but I'd be open to it. We'll just have to see, you know, where things go. Maybe I can kind of test the waters with some more colleagues and say, hey, did you know about this? <laughs> would you want to be on this podcast I have? So I guess, yeah. I guess we'll see. 
I'd be interested to hear you explore just a little bit about, you know, dropping the anonymity a little bit. Right, just right. Because I think, I mean, you have such a killer show and it's hard. There are so many podcasts out there mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't, I mean, I try and listen to a lot of them, not because I have the time to like really dive into enjoying a lot of podcasts, but I want to support them. You know, when I like... If somebody asked me, like, honestly, how does my show sound? What do you think? I'm going to be honest with them. And I just feel like there's just not a lot of good shows out there that have good audio quality. And I think that's that's the first thing that always hits me. You know, like you can have solid content. You could be talking about the best thing. But if it sounds echoey and I can tell you're just sitting in your kitchen or I could tell that three people are sharing one microphone, (laughs) I just I can't do it. I just I can't do it. It sounds bad. (laughs) Even like podcasts that I've listened to for like a year or two now, if they have an episode where they start off with, hey guys, sorry about the audio on this one. I'm like, nope, I'm out and I can't watch it. So that's just definitely the, the number one deterrent that really gets people yeah. in there. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I like your show. That's kind of where I was getting at is, is, uh, you have such good audio quality in your oh, show. Thank you, 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 pr- you, yeah, you, you definitely produce a really good show, like for sure. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you now, do you just stick with only people at your school or I don't know that like, I, I can't think of too many episodes where you've had, like, I just can't tell you're drinking. I'm not saying you're supposed to be drinking, but <laughs> isn't that like the premise is you're sitting around having like a beer together and drinking? It kind of fades to the background because we don't want that to, you know, dominate the show. I know you've got, I've got my nice little logo with the bottle in there, but it's really just kind of that, like, if you could sit down and have a chat with a teacher, like have a beer, what would you talk about? And that's kind of where it really goes. It's kind of, you could almost say like, it's that honesty that you're truly getting. We also don't want to be like belligerent. That's, that's kind of a, a slippery slope. Oh, for so. sure. That would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be, that's one of those times when you're just like, you know what, I got to throw out all this audio as I'm editing through it. But no, we, we haven't had too much of that, which is which is good. I'm, I wanted to ask you about, um, you had the department chair, Mary, is that your department chair that you had on? Yes, that is absolutely my, my department chair, which a good, good couple of episodes. She was really open about it, but yep, that is my department head. That was a, that was actually a really good episode. I was way into that <laughs> one. You come, you come up with like the, the craziest names though. <laughs> oh, for the episode titles. Yeah, I yeah, like those- that. Yeah. Yeah, those are those are a good time because there's always something that sticks out when you're either when you're talking or in post production. So you got to have something that kind of hooks people and gets them interested because I feel like a lot of and we kind of flip flop between the comedy category and the education category. But you really got to be careful so that you don't just fall into that trap of in this episode, we're going to talk about differentiation and you just want to keep it a little bit more fresh, especially because we are a little bit more of a it's an interesting niche. I should say for, for classroom brew, it's a little different. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I, I like it. Like you said, you kind of just bounce around between there's like the comedic and then there's also like this, the serious side of it. And that's mm-hmm. really what like I try and do too is a little bit like I don't want it to be so targeted that it's only teachers because mm-hmm. you're excluding a lot of people that could enjoy an education podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. And I, I want parents to be able to listen. Yeah. Well, yeah. Had, you have listeners say that? Yeah. So like on our one of our early episodes, uh, another interesting title, it was called Airdropped Porn. But someone did like a review of that. It was one of those like indie podcast review places. And they said, you can get kind of lost in the educational lingo, but it's still kind of... And then they went on. And I kind of took a step back and said, you know what? Maybe I should take a moment to have that person saying, oh, Ryan, what is 
you know, what does ESL stand for? Just so we can kind of take that step back because for you and me, it's something we say every single day. We, we can talk about it endlessly. But for somebody else that they're like, you know what? I would like to see what a teacher says when they have a beer or two. They don't know what those things mean. So we have to kind of take that step back to make sure that we aren't alienate alienating the audience. Yeah, I'm, I'm very cogn- cognizant of that. I try very hard. But, you know, do you find that when guests come in, sometimes they, they, they're not thinking about that type of thing? Like I, I had a special ed teacher on, I had the EL uh, coordinator on, and they just start dropping all these acronyms. And I'm like, slow down, slow down. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I was guilty of it myself. But I've kind of like as the host now, I've, I've kind of held myself accountable for if someone says that, I'll say, for those of you that may not know, like I think on episodes 30 and 31, I had my buddy Francois on, but I know I, I caught myself a few times and I caught Francois a couple of times so I can give the audience some background on this is what we're talking about so that you guys don't feel lost. Yeah. It's, it's yes. a tough skill. It's a very tough skill to kind of remind yourself because you can kind of get caught up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A buddy of mine told me, you know, you don't have to necessarily correct it in conversation. Keep mm-hmm. in mind that the uh, the interview or the conversation doesn't have to be a full release. You can cut it up and splice it up. And, right. and that meant a lot. So, you know, like I had that, the ELL coordinator on and that was nice because, you know, she's just rambling on. She's so smart, but she's, just going on like, you know, LSAT and just like all these acronyms that nobody knows about. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's easy just in post-production, just, you know, make a drop where you just cut all of that out and say, so it gets really detailed here, but essentially what she's trying to say is this, and then you cut to the point where she's just explaining it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like yeah. You can, and I, yeah. That's true. I never thought of, and there's times where I might like step in in post-production, like the, the editing version of Ryan instead of the, the host version of Ryan. Um, yeah. But that's definitely something I might look into doing more, either for the sake of making things more concise or simplifying or just saying like, hey, this is what this actually means so that people don't get lost. Yeah, that's kind of my goal is just to, I'm trying to do that. Cut the fat. Every time I, I sit and do posts, I'm always thinking, cut the fat. What can I trim out that it doesn't mean that much? Right. Right. I, I mean, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's going to be beneficial or not. I mean, me personally, I like long podcasts. I don't, I don't mind rants. I don't mind when the host bird walks and gets into something that's completely off topic. <laughs> I don't mind, but right. you know, this guy was telling me like, you know, shorter is better. They're going to download them. They're going to, they're going to want more. You want them to want more and more and more. The worst thing you can do is bore the listener. Once the listener's going to get <laughs> bored, they're done. They're going to turn <laughs> it off. And are they going to, they might not come back. Right, right. Exactly. That's the number one fear, right? Well, what do you think, Brian? Should we should we leave a nice little cliffhanger for for everybody else, and maybe we can do an episode, another uh, pod swap sometime soon? Yeah, dude, I would love to do that. It's been awesome talking with you, Ryan. Yeah, you too. It's been great. Uh, yeah. Is there if we want to check out your podcast, where can we listen to that, and where can listeners engage with you if they want to reach out? Yeah, uh, probably the the best way to to reach out for the podcast would be to go to the website. It's just uh, thelazyteacherpodcast.com. and through there you can hit up all the all the episodes. But I'm on all the social media under the Lazy Teacher Podcast: Facebook, Insta, Twitter. Uh, let's see what else. Jeez, you you could. Leave me a voicemail. Those are pretty awesome. I'm going to start putting those into my podcast. Uh, my voicemail is 619-TEACH-51. 
All right, your turn, Ryan. Lay it out for us, brother. How can we get a hold of the Classroom Brew? Yeah, I'm much lazier. I say you can just give us a quick Google, but we're available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. We've got a quick SoundCloud and YouTube page, all those great places. You can always reach us at facebook.com slash classroombrew or at classroombrew, no spaces, on Instagram and Twitter. All those great places you can engage with us. We love to hear from you. And if you want to be on the show, that's always fun, too. We've had that happen before. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, also, I want people to be on the lookout for the Teacher's Lounge. That's another um, educational podcast that is rad. So between the three, I'm, I'm really going to be pushing your show, the Teacher's Lounge, and my show because I haven't heard a whole lot of education podcasts that I enjoy. Maybe they either get into like the super dork, like college professor <laughs> level, or sure. it just sounds like echo in your kitchen. So um, that's it. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to reach out. To, I think I've listened to a few episodes, but I'll have to reach out to her so we can do uh, a nice little a little triad right there. Yeah, right on. All right, cool. Hey, well, this has been a Lazy Teacher podcast. I appreciate Ryan coming on, and and we're uh, we're just been doing some podcast swapping with the Classroom Brew. How about it, Ryan? Yeah, it's been good. And uh, again, thank you for being on, Brian. It's been a lot of fun. For those of you that listen in every week, thank you for the support. Make sure you rate and review. And as always, class dismissed.